0: All right, and welcome back to Tabletop and Beyond. I am your host, Justin Smith. I'm here with co-host Dan Pomeroy, and we have a special guest today, John
1: Sumro. John, welcome to the uh, show today. Oh, thank you guys for having me. I am I'm tickled to be here.
0: Uh, I'm glad that we were able to do this. We had kind of a series of setbacks that we planned to do this like a month ago or something like that. But you know, I, I think something had happened, and I went to a catacomb, and I think you went to another con, and Now we find ourselves here in mid-April, but that's okay. We we um, we just let it age like a fine wine, maybe, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. I thought you were at adepticon.
0: uh... Adepticon Oh, I I... I went to adepticon, not a catacon. I I I get too confused up. Yes, adepticon. That's where I went um, in uh, late uh, March, which was really good. So. Uh, But yes, uh, John, again, welcome to the show. Uh, Sumro will probably refer to you more as that because that is the easier Google-ified name uh, to find our guests out there. He is an RPG, uh, tabletop RPG artist. He has done uh, some uh, major publications, including a lot for Chaosium, Call of Cthulhu, Pendragon, um, to name just a few. Uh, Have you done RuneQuest as well, I, I assume?
1: Um, I can confirm that the ink is not dry on the contract, but yeah, I sounds like I'm going to be doing a a couple of dragons for one of their, their, their supplements coming out. Um, yeah, later this year, probably early next year. I don't know what the timeline is, but yeah, I literally, they want me to do some dragons. So that's on deck. So
0: that's awesome. So excited about uh, that. Yeah. We're excited to talk to you about all of this because I, I feel like, um, uh, there's a lot of RPG artists out there, but you are very prominent within the tabletop RPG industry, and uh, I think that you've got a lot to offer our listeners, and maybe even some of those artists out there who are thinking how to break into the industry itself and and check things out. Or uh, we have a lot of writers that listen to the show, and like what, what it's like... Um, hiring an RPG artist for some of your work and things like that. So uh, we, we are excited to hear you talk and, and uh, you know, just kind of go through go through the artist business in the RPG world. So before we get to that, though, we need to talk about our Geek Week. So, Dan, how was your Geek Week?
2: Pretty geeky. I'm sorry I haven't been on the show in quite a while. We've, you know, everybody's been busy as usual. But um, just recently, I was doing a little bit of touch-up paints, and I had uh, I transferred um, some of my Citadel contrast paints into those little dripper bottles, and the little nozzle thing popped off, and I had like spewed all this brown, lovely brown contrast paint in in a palette. And you know, you know, when you do that, you start looking around quickly for a miniature that that's primed that you could in fact use that color on and so i found a catapult from uh, that i had, that i had primed from a zombie side green horde zombie green horde and it looked perfect it looked like they built the they built their 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 trebuchet not a catapult the trebuchet looks like they built it out of ra- railroad ties it left this nice brown and oily greasy And like any nerd, I looked and went, well, now I have one painted mini out of this box of about 60 minis. Let's just plow through the rest of the box. (laughs) (laughs) So so I decided to gird up my loins and just start plowing through Zombie Side Green Horde, which I have not gotten around to playing. It's been on my shelf. I primed the minis to encourage myself to play. So um, anyway, I've been painting a lot of zombies and uh, green Horde is the zombie side one they did a couple different um, medieval era games uh, from the zombie side universe and that's one of them that I, I picked up real cheap when it was on sale um so that's a big part of the last couple i've been you know uh, weekend nights where you know you look at the clock and it's 250 something a.m and you're like oh my gosh i've been painting too long it's time time to back away from the netflix slowly and and uh, wash up. But um, I'm I'm a big fan of Army Painter Speed Paint. And for my next thing, I I did pre-order kind of the first pre-order box they did for Speed Paint. Um, And that should be coming out in a couple of weeks. I'm really excited. It came with 50 brand new Speed Paints with the new formula and three of their metallics and a couple of bottles of stuff that they they included as well. And then I found out they released a 90 paint set (laughs) that's coming out in June so my geek week was to figure out exactly if i bought which combination of kits could i maximize this is the nerd you know what's the biggest bang for the buck version of what i'm doing so they don't put out lists i love army painter but they don't put out lists they don't make it easy to figure out what you're buying and what kit. it's all in in like jpegs and pngs to see what what you're getting and so i had to put together a a a PowerPoint slide and figuring out I was checking off colors that I would be getting and colors I needed. And so that that led me into a certain uh, miniature market uh, uh, pre-order spree. And I ended up saving actually a bunch of money by just going that way instead of buying the $380 kit. So Mm -hmm. anyway, long story short, saved about a hundred bucks because I went through and figured out exactly which ones I needed. only bought the ones that I was going to need out of their metallics kit and the rest of their, the new speed paints that are coming out. Still haven't used 2.0 speed paints, but it looks like I'm all freaking in. So uh, confirmation bias will be rampant when it comes out. I'll be like, these are amazing. (laughs) These are the best paints I've ever used in my life. How could I ever use anything else? Because you know, once you're 300 bucks in on paint, you're you're in confirmation bias land pretty heavily. So very paint focused uh, geek week from me.
0: Very good, very good. Sumrall, how was your
1: geek week? It was fantastic. It was very chaotic, uh, pun intended. Uh, uh-huh. Spent the last several days at Chaosium Con 2023. It's the second Chaosium Con. And I had an art table and got to hang out with everyone who's doing Call of Cthulhu, Pendragon, RuneQuest. Um, yeah. Huge, huge shout out to Chaosium for having me there. And uh, it was fantastic. Can, where, where I, it, it, it is too it is too much to talk about i mean every, it was so much yeah. to do so uh ann arbor michigan uh okay it's Ipsil- it's a lanny actually and uh we had this conversation yesterday i was like i was talking to some of the coordinators like why why that location and apparently chaosium or i should say call cthulhu pendragon rune quest all huge um in Europe, and if they, they need to have it at a big hub and uh, for inter- international travel, uh, Ann Arbor is ideal for some reason. So, yeah, um, because if you come from Australia, no matter where you go in the globe, it's expensive. Um, Ann Arbor is uh, decent for international travel, people coming in, and that's a huge chunk of uh, their demographic. So yeah, I was like, I did not know that. I learned tons this weekend. So
0: I would not Um, have pegged Ann Arbor as like the travel hub of the world. You know, I've been through like Cincinnati. I've been through like, you know, Chicago, New York, Atlanta, Ann Arbor? Not yet. I haven't checked that box off yet.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it was fantastic. Um, uh, the girlfriend has family uh, just uh, ever so slightly across the border in South Bend, Indiana. So we stopped there for a few days, had fantastic barbecue, and then conned for three days solid. Got lots of, got some gaming in, uh, some rune quests, some Call of Cthulhu, got to beta test. Uh, shout out to Keeper Doc. Got to beta test one of his scenarios that's very creepy with uh, Houdini in it. And uh, that was cool. Um, girlfriend got to play some RuneQuest, which was fantastic. And we're kind of on a RuneQuest kick right now. Uh, don't get us wrong, Call of Cthulhu is fantastic. That's my main jam. Um, but I've been uh, RuneQuesting with the actual line editor, Jeff Richard. Shout out to him and the whole crew. Uh you can i'm so spoiled i've been rune questing with the line editor of rune quest for the last nine months and we're on our second leg of our campaign and i i this is the first time i ever played rune quest so i'm totally spoiled now and it it's been epic um
0: yeah, yeah you kind of came in little high in terms of you know having a gm that uh that knows the game <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh yeah and everyone i play with i'm playing with other uh uh shout out to oc uh oc is uh my my finish uh buddy uh he's also he did the cover for the starter set of RuneQuest. he's a phenomenal artist everyone go check out oc he is fantastic and he is in the campaign as well it has been Oh, I am over the moon with that campaign that we were working on. It's, uh, we're going into our second leg next at the end of this month, actually. And I can tell you, um, yeah, it is fantastic. I, 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 when I got invited to the game, I was like, Holy crap, I'm going to be in the same campaign as the guy who did the cover for the starter set. I'm fangirling on OC. I'm like, uh, I love your art, sir. Um, I just got the, (laughs) I just got the, uh, the, the weapons and gear book and you did the, you know, he's got stuff in there. He, he did the cover. I'm like, come on, man. I I'm a, I am ai am kid in a candy store and I'm, I'm just like pinching myself. Is this real? Am I, am I really, am I campaigning with the line editor? And uh, yeah. That
2: starter so, box is great. We did a play yeah. test of it as a group for the podcast and we, we just were the quality in that box was just over the moon. Our I, 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 game, everything.
1: I say this over and over and, 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 and I, and it's not, uh, and I'm not biased. Uh, this is, uh, this is purely me. I'm, I'm putting on my hat from when a friend of mine said, Hey, you want to try this called Cthulhu thing? And I'm like, I've heard of it. I loved it. Uh, um, I've really wanted to playing it. And my buddy, Tim uh, ran Blackwater Creek for, for me and and some friends and I was hooked ever since. And, I'm getting ahead of myself, but yeah. uh, And the starter set for that, uh, starter set for Call of Cthulhu, starter set for RuneQuest. I just got back from Chaosium Con. They had two copies of the new Pendragon starter set, and we got to flip through them. These are press copies that you go through, and if everything's copacetic, you sign off, and, you know, it it is literally a spitting image of what's going to come off the press. Two copies they had, and, I, they are jaw dropping. I, and I'm not, and I am an artist. I'm a graphic, I've been a graphic designer for 20 years and now I'm moving into game art, that sort of thing. So for purely from a graphic designer, you know, I, I uh, from a graph design point of view, I'm putting on my graphic design hat. I'm putting on my artist hat. Um, gorgeous pet dragon starter set is gonna is the bee's knees i was flipping through that um i missed the window on that one i will have stuff in the the main course set but uh the 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 starter set is gorgeous it um chaosium oh, can do no wrong when it comes to starter sets uh they pack them with content mm-hmm. and gorgeous art and i i could talk for days about just the starter sets
0: One of the things that I, uh, you know, mentioned to Mike Mason when he was on our show, um, you know, last year, last summer, is I said, Mike, you're selling the Call of Cthulhu starter set for like 20, between 20 and $25, depending on where you get it. I said, how are you not taking a loss on this? Like, because there's so much in there. Just the printing alone has got to be $20, you know? And then let alone the shipping and that, I mean, because of the set of dice, It like, it's just there's three adventures in there it's just so 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 good and um the rune quest one was a little bit more expensive i think i got it for like forty dollars um but you want to talk about heft in a starter set like i yep. mean the maps and the character sheets and all the stuff i mean it is just like jam-packed like you like it's like you take off the the saran wrap and it's like bursting with like content like it's a, it wants to explode out of the box you know, like it's so much good stuff in
1: there. Yeah, the RuneQuest starter set, um, again, between the, the Call of Cthulhu starter set and RuneQuest starter set, they they set if you look at like D&D, that sort of thing, or whatever, mm-hmm. Traveler, it's pretty decent. Pretty Traveler is awesome. Mm-hmm. But um, Call, uh, Chaosium, the starter sets, especially RuneQuest, uh, there's 14 uh, in, uh, pregens in that and they're all fully fleshed out. They yeah. literally fold out is like a, uh, it's called a gate fold. They, they, they do the gate fold, you it's know, the so sidebars. Amazing. They have all the armor, like where you're going to get hit and everything. Uh, maps galore. Uh, they have the Glorantha setting, um, which is fantastic. It's in that's yeah. book, I believe two, like first one is the rules. Mm-hmm. Second one is the Glorantha, whatever. Um, but they, and then they have the, you know, it, it is jam packed uh, with content and it, it, it they literally set the bar. I, yeah. I, I, I There is nobody that comes close. Uh, and Call of Cthulhu, there was uh, the newer version too. They did a second um, edition, and all new mm-hmm. art. They killed it again. You know, yeah. um, for for twenty five bucks. Uh, it, the the point is, get uh, that is enough content to play for like a year you know uh in the room quest set and then you can you know you know it, it's it's uh, i the the point is have put your best foot forward yeah. i mean if you're gonna knock somebody socks off and get them into a game that potentially they could be playing the rest of the you know the rest of their life you know i mean you you know you gotta have a, you gotta put that you know good foot forward you know
0: for sure for sure and um we just played so i'm gonna get into my geek week a little bit here um On Friday night, we played the one-ring RPG with the second edition one-ring RPG from Free League Press. And uh, we used their starter set. So it was a Hobbit adventure in the Shire. And they had a very nice fold-out map. And like their pregens were pretty nice. I will say that I feel like the content and the quality of Chaosium is unrivaled in the industry. In their starter sets, and the the close second would be Free because we've seen the um, Aliens RPG set, um, the starter set that they have for that, um, which is really really good. And then we also got the One Ring one. And um, I've got to jump into my zweihander starter set um i hear that that's uh, pretty good as well yeah but i'll that- give an
2: honorable mention to the dune
0: starter kit but it, oh, it's, it's
2: at a cons- significantly higher cost than some of the others that we've mentioned mm-hmm. but certainly with the dice and the quality and the and, and the, the the beautiful printing but um, modiphius did it did a lovely job but, but you know, there's it's going to cost you just a, you know a little bit more
0: my my point that I've always said that I think makes Chaosium stand apart with their starter sets is actually the solo adventures that they put in there, um, because if you're brand new to the system, you're kind of like like what's the feel of this? What's the like? What's the feel of the setting? Like what's the you know? How does the pace of game work? Like how do these roles work? And you can read something and intellectually understand how it works, but until you play it in a game sometimes you don't get a good feel of the flow or the, or the feeling that you get Um, especially for like a horror game, right? You want that feeling of like, Oh my gosh, things are just getting worse, (laughs) you know? And, and the solo adventures that they put in there, both Chaosium and RuneQuest. And I will say even more for RuneQuest for me, because I played Call of Cthulhu a couple of times before I started to run it. Um, But RuneQuest I had never played before. And so to play the solo quest, I got a great feeling of like, what is this Gloriantha setting that I'm in? How do these tribes work? How do these runes work? And, you know, you got to just do this fun solo kind of, um, you know, choose your own adventure style RPG. And it was great fun for like two hours that I did. Like just by playing with myself, like just like, you know, um, rolling dice and, you know, looking up, looking up like, Oh, I failed that one. What's going to happen now. Right. And I, you know, go to that next one. And um, it was just great. And then when I finished it, I said, I am confident that I can run this starter set adventure with my friends, you know, because I did that solo adventure. So that really, in my opinion, just makes Chaosium like above and beyond when it comes to their products.
1: Yeah, no, and exactly. And the They echo the themes too in the solos. If that's a huge thing, Um, when I went through the, you know, I got the starter set for RuneQuest, and you go through it, and one of the key themes is honor. You know, how you gonna how do how are you gonna honor yourself and and your tribe when you you fight the enemy and you know and and meet them on battle uh, on the field, and uh, same thing with, uh, you know, they they weave the themes of the game also through. Uh, You know, the, the solos also like in, uh, you know, uh, Alone Against the Flames, straight up. I mean, the, it, as a yeah. horror game, you do feel and this is throughout all their solos. They, they have several solos, Alone Against the Tide, Alone Against the Dark uh, for Call mm-hmm. of Cthulhu. All of them play on claustrophobia, being alone. Against the, the the things that are coming to you know to scare you and that it, it enforces that those themes of horror, which is fantastic. I mean, you're like you're literally evading or doing this, that and the other. and like, yeah, it's just you and the elements or just you and the monster and it, they're great.
0: We have um, a patreon for the pod- podcast that we that we put out and one of the things that we offer um, is monthly, uh, kind of monthly RPG adventures that we write. You know, sometimes it's going to be uh D&D 5e. Sometimes it's uh, uh Shadow of the Demon Lord. And other times it's going to be Call of Cthulhu. Like we're just going to kind of put out a bunch of different flavors. The one that I'm working on for Call of Cthulhu is a solo adventure that I'm calling like, Alone Against the Mind. So mm-hmm. I, um, I grew up in Northern Nevada and uh, just like 30 minutes south of where I lived was Virginia City. Nevada. And that's where um, the biggest silver mining boom happened in the world Um, and literally paid for like Lincoln to win the Civil War and, you know, caused a, a, a crazy price shift of the price of world silver. They pulled out in today's dollars, $23 trillion worth of silver you know um, in like 18 you know 60 to 1873 or something like that so it was just it's just crazy it's like a a huge thing but like the Mayans was like kind of part of like growing up so I thought it would be awesome to do like an adventure of like going into a mine and and just having things go badly you know so it could be a lot of fun so I'm I'm looking forward to that finishing it it when I can I'm
1: going (laughs) to drop a terrible pun it sounds like a very rich setting yeah, right, um, exactly. I apologize yep. profusely for that pun. That <laughs> will not should, happen again. That, don't apologize. That like won't it. happen. That won't happen again.
0: <laughs> I'm sure it <laughs> won't. <laughs> so yeah, well, I'm jealous that you gotta go to ChaosiumCon. I, I saw um a bunch of stuff coming up in my Twitter feed uh about it, and I said, Oh man, I think I, I miss it. I need to put it on my calendar for next year because we did Adepticon and I enjoyed it, but I think I would love to try ChaosiumCon. Um, And I assume it's going to be around the same time, probably next year, like mid-April ish.
1: Yep, probably. Yeah. Uh, they they schedule it pretty much on on the uh, consistently. Um, yeah, it's a uh first year was two days. They were just getting their sea legs, um, -hmm. because they'd never done a con uh, con solo. Uh, today, uh, this year was three days. And they have big plans already cooking for next year. Um, awesome. Yeah, it is. Um, but it is a gaming con. You're going to game a lot and meet uh, the talks they have. They fly in everybody from the Four Corners. Uh, Lynn Hardy was here uh, uh, showing her offer a brand new Rivers of London RPG, which is in hardback now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I got to sit in, you know, a paul fricker and mike mason that was the last panel i went to um and it was fantastic watching them riff it back and forth and they did a whole ama and they hinted at new things coming and uh you know it, it just you know uh, played the crowd it was fantastic
0: that's awesome that is awesome um we go to gen con regularly we go to like you know for our board game and rpg stuff we we go to uh the nova open and adepticon and las vegas open for like our our war gaming type of stuff so we are used to gaming cons and we're no strangers and we we love them that's our uh that's our uh kind of guilty pleasures i think
1: nice so, have you been to ReaperCon? Yeah.
2: No, huh? I'm aware of that in Texas. I hear great things about it, especially, of course, Reaper's known for minis and painting and having a lot of hey, great, you. great access to to you know jumping in and improving your painting skills. Or we're going from zero to something, and Reaper's well known for that, especially at, what they have at Gen Con. So I'm I'm a fan of Reaper minis. I, I I don't have as many of them as I'm a fan of, but I think they're great. A great company
1: yeah yeah i'm I'm nestled in Albuquerque, New Mexico, so I'm trying to kind of radiate out and um we have Bubanacon here, which is one of the oldest cons in the u s It's a literary con, it's small it's fantastic. But I go six hours north and I get to do uh, Genghis Khan. And I do that last couple of years with my friends. Shout out to Donnie and Andrea who run it. It is fantastic. If you're in Denver, Colorado, um, you need to go to Genghis Khan. It's excellent, it is solid, solid gaming. And I bumped into one of the reps for um, a Reaper Khan uh, last year at Genghis Khan. And he's all, you need to come out. It's very mm-hmm. art focused it's it's all about people getting their paint on with minis and it's very artist leaning and i did not expect that um mm-hmm. and i am i do a little frost grave i do a little you know that's the most miniature kind of stuff i do um i'm not a huge mini guy but i don't get me wrong i love them i just need to get into it and find time to actually play more Frostgrave. um but you know i i yeah, um, I've been uh, I've been told uh, this past weekend, multiple people came out of the woodwork and said, "You need to go to ReaperCon." It's it's and I'm like, okay, well, it, you know, after the third person at Chaos, <laughs> like, go to ReaperCon. It's art, it's art centric. It's a guy, it, you know, people who are trying to better, you know, get good at at painting, and it's very art leaning. And I'm like, okay, that's you sold me. So, yeah, I, awesome. I, I I have not gone, but I'm I'm down because you know. It's, it'll be a drive, but I think it'd be, it'd be cool. I'll try, I'll try, I'll try that.
0: We all need to figure out how to get on the professional con circuit, you know, like, like get sponsors that we can put on our car or like our shirts or tattoos or something like that, that will pay for us to just go around and do cons. That'd <laughs> be pretty good. Make, you
1: know? make content, make content. Uh, I I, I had this conversation with Jeff Richard, the line editor of, and shout out to Jeff. He's fantastic. Thank you for everything. Uh, Chiazium has been ridiculously kind to me. Um, And uh, I had this conversation with him like yesterday or Saturday, I think it was. And uh, he's all, how you doing? And, you know, he stopped by the booth and I'm like, I am doing fantastic. I set a new record and he goes, good. And then I'm like, the goal, I had this conversation with the girlfriend, the goal, she comes with me, we have a high old time, we game, I sell my art, and we get a weekend of fun, like gaming and selling art, meeting people, uh, met tons of new people. And that's, and I had this conversation more than once with, with, with Jeff, I was like, um, that's the goal is when what you do and what you love will fuel you and get you it becomes the same thing. It becomes like a lifestyle. It becomes like, that's the thing when the thing you love pays for itself and and it propels you forward, you know, you've done the right thing, you know? Yeah. So yeah,
0: for sure. For sure. Well, it sounds like a very geeky week for all of us, especially you Samro. So I'm, I'm I'm super jelly. Um, even though we got an RPG on Friday night, that was still good times. Uh, but, uh, that was pretty good. Uh, so Dan, I think that, um, it's about time for our geek news. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. I didn't give him a time. I thought you were going to do more Geek Week for you, but that's okay. Let me, let me, I, just, I just talked about the one ring, which was great. So, all right, let me try this again. Dan, I think it's about time for our geek news. Welcome to Tabletop and Beyond News. The audio from the phone is the best. It's my favorite part.
2: <laughs> we keep at real low rent around here. Low yeah. rent. Don't
0: take the um, bubble gum, ladies and gentlemen.
2: <laughs> you know, a, a lot has been going on in gaming. Um, so and we're trying to trying to diversify the things that we talk about. So I wanted to talk about some board game news that looked interesting. Um, I mentioned Zombicide before. The current Kickstarter that CMON is doing for Zombicide is for um it is for the winter. Ooh, uh, I'm gonna. I, I clicked off that tab. You know. You know when you click off a tab, it's so professional. Uh, it's the uh, the White Death Zombicide. White Death. So this is the um, fantasy theme Zombicide. Um, this time, White Death is in the snow, and it is very um, Asian oriented. So. You've got like a Great Wall kind of thing happening and you have, you know, samurai and stuff like that. So that's out now. And the the thing that caught my attention was is one of the uh, add-ons to this particular game is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle based. So there's a whole separate zombie compatible game that's TMNT. So you have... Samurai versions of all of the four turtles and splinter and uh, the girl in the yellow jumpsuit is April. April. She has a harp or whatever, you know, and splinter is, is of course, Samurai out to, to, um, to the nine. So it's interesting. Uh, Simon is really is like, okay, now we're going to have the teenage mutant Ninja turtles time travel into an alternate universe to fight zombies in Asia in medieval times. Sign me up. Sounds great. So it, sounds, it, like it sounds like
0: it sounds like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three lost in time. Literally yeah, like the plot. It's, of that it's movie.
2: all sorts of just. Sometimes I love it when it's just a huge blender of random crap in a game, and somehow it all makes sense. So if you're interested, go on to Kickstarter. They've got a video for the basic game, as well as the TMNT at the the. the it's a standalone fifty dollar game that that is one of the uh one of the rewards it's part of that kickstarter so it's interesting stuff um also in competitive tabletop news um there is a magic the gathering rare and bizarre chaos orb that is going to go on auction when a chaos orb card that's going to go on auction for ten ten thousand dollars And because it's in perfect mint condition. Now, this was a card that was banned back in 1994. It was part of the original alpha release of the game. But while you played the game, you would pick up the card and you would drop it. And if it landed face up and hit the other guy's stuff, you would automatically kill it and it would kill itself. So this card got banned really fast, but... First of all, it was banned, it was alpha, and if you had one and you played it, it meant you were picking it up and dropping it on a regular basis. So um, the stuff that happens in Magic the Gathering never ceases to amaze me. There's, it, it, It's just like gaming dialed up to 11 in very strange ways, and, and what happens in Magic the Gathering seeps out and affects other things. And, and let's not forget, if it wasn't for Magic the Gathering, D&D would never have been financially rescued by wizards of the coast. So, um, as, as as much as it's weird, we, we owe them, we owe them the, the gamer congressional medal of honor for keeping (laughs) d alive.
0: (laughs) So. Uh, Sumro, have you ever done any art for magic, the gathering? And I mean, they have, I mean, they're famous for their art stuff.
1: Um, Oh my God. I wish. Um, (laughs) that is. uh, No, I have not. Um, That is uh, on my bucket list. It is highly competitive. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, yeah, I I had a fantastic, I keep using the word fantastic. I had an amazing um, portfolio review. It was two years ago. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Aaron B. Miller. He's done over 100 Magic the Gathering cards. And I was curious, uh, do I know any friends? I was on the Facebooks and the things and the social medias. I was like, do I know? I was just getting my traction and I knew I was not ready, but I, I, I plan ahead. And I was like on you know social medias, who do I know who can give me at least like an idea of what the process is? um because they stopped doing their submission email i believe there was a thing i'm not that familiar with the whole process so i was like okay how do you how do you, how do you where am i at you know what are we doing and uh a good friend of mine uh, on the internet cat roberts she tagged aaron miller who she didn't know at the time was um he's on my he's on my top i i i think his art is fantastic he is um totally an idol and a secret mentor i'm like I, I i follow this guy i study what he does um his technique is he's an oil painter i mean what more do you want i i love oils mm-hmm. um and he's fantastic i, I saw the midgard I, I i talk circuitously. sorry i i'll get a point here in here uh i saw his midgard cover for um uh, cobalt press and it was like a griffin writer full plate and i'm like what who is this dude and i saw that piece and I was like, oh, that's oils. Okay. Well, okay. You know, wow. and I was hooked on his art from ever since. Um, and uh, so my friend, I was just I was just being silly on Facebook or whatever. And I'm like, who do I know? How do I get in? Blah, blah, blah. And my friend Kat tagged him. Aaron will know. And he chimed in. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he chimed in. He goes, yeah, what do you want to know? And then wow. the next thing I know, he's all... We DM'd each other and we'll say, well, I'll give you like an hour or so portfolio review. This is lockdown, mind you. This is right after lockdown happened. And um, he was the nicest guy on the planet. You can meet your heroes. I've been wanting to go to his illustration workshop forever um they just haven't the stars haven't aligned um and they took this year off Uh, i believe they're going to come back next year i am definitely going to get out there and check out his uh workshop and paint for a week um he gave me one like it was like an hour and a half via zoom out of the goodness of his heart he was super nice and uh he's all these two pieces are awesome go in that direction, dump that. And then, and he, and he was very kind. He's all, how hard do you want this? And I'm like, "Um, I'm I'm trying to be a pro, sir. Just hit me, you know, know, rip off the bandaid. I don't, I don't care. I've been a graphic designer for 20 years. Nothing you say will hurt me, (laughs) you know, suits in a meeting will tell you exactly what they feel about your work, you know, so nothing you can say can, I I get it. I'm trying to be a pro, you know, Um, hit me. He gave me an hour and a half of straight, no BS. Um, you know, the, these two pieces are, if you just did that style, you'd be fine. You need to dump the humor because magic gathering wizards does, they do some humor, but if you're trying to get in, they don't want the humor thing. And I tend to have happy go lucky. I like humor in my art and I don't think I can, I, I don't think I can get rid of that. Totally. Um, and he goes, you should probably be getting work already. And I'm like, yeah, I, at the time we, we talked. Yeah, I just got my toehold in Chaosium and I'm working on my first eight pieces, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, yeah, you're right about where you need to be and um, work on your anatomy and go back to school, blah, blah, blah. And I'll see you in two years. You probably you, you'll probably get there. And wow. yeah. And That's amazing. Two, two years later, I still haven't got a card, but <laughs> I, I have not tried to bust into that. Um blame yeah. we'll like COVID I
2: on all that crap. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. And and my career has been, you know, it's it, uh, it's my own path, and I'm not trying to put the pedal to the metal or anything to get into this. So, uh, Magic the Gathering, everybody wants to do a card or a mm-hmm. ten or a hundred, you know, and I get it. Um, but I I'm kind of a genre. I like horror. I like sci-fi, you know, and that's fine. Um, uh, give me, you know, a year or two and I'll, I'll try to get a card. But, um, at the same time, I'm quite happy doing work for chaosium. Um, uh, they are, it, it's very emotional for me. I went from, uh, you know, just trying to better my work to all of a sudden, you know, I got in and they gave me, I can take as much work as I want. Uh, you know, I, I, I just need to, you know, knuckle down and the faster I go, the more they will throw cool things at me. And, I, I, you that's know, it's, it's now just a matter of um, trying to pick and choose my proper. What, what do you take? What do you say no to? Um, you know, it's hard turning down projects. Um, that's a huge thing. But you need to, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it needs to be a good fit for what you do. If it's, you know, you can't just take everything. Uh, it needs to be a really good fit, um, for both you and the client. I mean, if it's a good fit, you're going to do your best work. They're going to get your best work and you're both happy. You know, don't take stuff you don't want to do. You know, I, I, it was a real mess with your head moment. They pitched me uh, a lot of Lynn Hardy, uh, me an email and say, Hey, can you do Rivers of London? And I'm like, I just came off of cults of k uh cults of cthulhu and i'm like um i and we just talked about this yesterday i'm like i'm so sorry i turned down your project but it's not a good fit for me ya urban fantasy mm-hmm. is kind of in my wheelhouse but it's not my straight dope i mean i like i like horror i like things that explode yeah. you know I like cthulhu and ww2 that sounds like fant- i'd love to do some you know ww2 or you know Cthulhu or you know I don't know I mean I I like monsters and things so
2: yeah you got to you have to fuel your niche you know it's like um you have to draw inspiration from the work that you're doing otherwise you get disengaged yeah. from it and you're, yeah. you punch, you don't want to be punching a clock in in the arts you, you know you lose you lose the drama yeah
1: yeah yeah, but, yeah and i i i tell i have this spiel that i give to a lot of artists um I bumped into, especially at Genghis Khan, I had a really a great time, met a couple of new people who wanted to break in. And, I, you know, I tell them over and over, uh, don't do everything. You can't. You, you have to pick your time. You have to pick, and it, you're, you're, if it's not a good fit, pass that project and do a personal piece. And it sounds counterintuitive, but if you do a personal piece of something you really love, and it's it, it will show in the piece because you liked it, and, um, and if that just goes in your portfolio and you don't get a dollar, right? Guess what? You are one portfolio p- piece closer to your dream job.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's a better fit for you than doing uh, this one gal. Um, it's a couple of years ago. She goes, well, I'm always swamped doing Pokemon cards for my, you know, does drawings for my friends. It does make money. Um, and I'm like, right. But what do you really want to do? And it was something totally different. And I'm like, well, stop doing that. You know, I mean, yeah. if you, if you do what you love, guess what people will ask for? If you only yeah. put these five things that you love forward, they, uh, art directors, line editors, whoever, even your friends, personal commissions, whatever, they only have those five things to that. Oh, this is what you do. They, they only have that limited narrow window of what you actually you're showing. And so guess what you're going to get more of the thing you like to, sh- you know, the thing you love. Just do that and then yeah. it'll be a self-fulfilling prophecy it'll it's it's cyclical you know so yeah for sure but that's great well it's good
0: to have that
2: level of self-awareness when you're managing yeah. you know you the, the art the career that's great mm. it's great um, i got a couple yeah. quick news items that i know one of them you're you're really familiar with um i'm going to do these in in not the order that i i posted them um just super quick, we, we've regularly mentioned uh, Free League. They've just announced the release date for their fifth edition version of their Lord of the Rings Middle Earth setting. It'll be a 236-page uh, hardcover. It's coming out in May. That should be exciting for people who don't want to learn the One Ring system, but they, you know, they enjoy um, a fifth edition. Also, it'll. Help folks not have a, um, a maybe a too magic heavy version of Lord of the Rings because if you just pull D and D off the shelf, you know there's a lot of magic stuff that's probably not 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 very applicable to that particular um, genre. Um, and it'll also have the Shire missions that uh, Free League has put in the, their their own box set. Um, Justin and I just did three or four of those nights ago had a great time they were a lot of fun but they'll have the fifth edition version of all this stuff so this is not the first fifth edition skin for lord of the rings there was another one by the previous uh, license holder and the the name of that company escapes me so i apologize to them so this would be the second fifth edition skin on lord of the rings but we know free league has really done nice things with that property and so i'm excited to see where that goes you know, and and I'm I'm a sucker for Lord of the Rings lore rather than kind of Forgotten Realms lore, and so I and I, and I do. Fifth edition is really I only have two fantasy RPGs on my shelf: Fifth edition and uh, Genesis TerraNoth. So if I want to branch out, I kind of I don't want to branch too far. My 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 synapses are getting old, and I'm getting lazy about wanting to learn new systems.
1: <laughs>
2: my last piece of news is really oh, about the.
0: Sorry, let me, let me just say this real quick. I did put out on Twitter today kind of like a an initial review of like uh, the one ring that we did, you know, and just kind of some of the pros and cons that I put out there. I put one of the pros as I thought was the one ring system. I thought it was great. It was so easy yeah. to pick up and learn. Um, I actually think it's an easier system than 5e. I mean, okay. obviously, if you know 5e you know, um, fifth edition, then, you know, picking this up, is probably pretty easy. But if you've never picked up an RPG before, I would choose the one ring over probably Lord of the Rings role playing in the fifth edition. Um,
2: I, I would,
0: I, I would agree with you.
2: Yeah. I think it is, it is a, it's a very, it's much more streamlined than, than D and D is and D D is customized to itself to yeah. D D needs to be good at being D and D. Um, and so I, I'm in, I'm always in favor of, of buying the system that's kind of written to the IP to get the, to get the feeling right. Um, but at the same time, you know, the, the install base of 5e is pretty big out there. Um, and, you know, especially, you know, with, with, with how successful it's been. And so, you know, I, I, for me, it would be like, I'm not, I am more likely to buy a core book of fifth edition Lord of the Rings and throw that on my shelf than I am to buy like a and D adventure. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm just less likely to buy it uh, yeah. because I'm more interested in, in Lord of the Rings. So anyway, that's out there. And the nice thing is League gets to repurpose their, their, uh, their interpretations of the lore and the art, which we all know is, is pretty phenomenal. Uh, great. Uh, last one is the um, uh, Pathfinder Studio has released the first draft of the Orc Universal role-playing game license for public comment. Um, they, uh, they're not going down the Creative Commons route the way uh, Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro has decided to manage the, the open gaming license for, for D&D. The purpose of Paizo Publishing and Azora Law to do this is to make sure whatever goes out is um, unrevocable, universal, and can't be, um, uh, the rug can't be pulled out from underneath content creators, um, kind of to the same degree that, that uh, Wizards got a reputation for just in the last several months. Um, there is a, a copy of the, the license that's out as well as a Q&A Document that you can find. It's called the ORC Axe, the AXE. If you're interested in, in their Q and A, so for folks who are interested in building on the 5E install base that we just talked about and want to be able to publish their own content and want a framework to do that legally, it's it's uh, looks like it's going to be um, uh, very useful, highly useful for that. Um, Samara, I think you had mentioned that you were working with a, you were talking to a company that had just. Rush to get a game out on on this orc licensed. Can can you fill us in on what 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 you encountered?
1: Absolutely, um, yeah. Literally last week, um, Chaosium released the uh, basic role playing uh, engine, their uh, updated uh, seventh edition version. It is the first RPG um, published under the new orc license, and um, yeah, I got some art in there with my good Great. buddy o- OC Luik, uh uh, another one of their uh famous artists has got uh doing the cover, and um, yeah, that literally dropped um last week. Uh, and they did a whole thing at uh Chaosium con. Um, basic role playing uh engine, it is literally the D100 system that mm-hmm. Call Cthulhu, RuneQuest, all the things run on, and um, uh, very tickled to have some art in there. Um, so yeah, you can use uh, the
2: legal framework of the ORC license without necessarily having a Five E esque type rule base that, that that you're working with. So you can uh, the, the game system there. There's a there's there's lots of room for whatever game system that can be, whatever rule set can be published underneath that license without it necessarily being, you know, strength decks in, down the line in in a in a classic Five yep, E way. Yep. Is that correct?
1: Yep, that is correct. That's cool.
2: Well, I, I think these tools are great for people to really kind of embrace the embrace the, the hobby and add to it and be compensated for for what they're doing. And, um, you know, a, a rising tide lifts all boats. You know, it's good to have a D&D movie in the theaters. It's good to have small-time content creators be able to put out new new products and to have new people just join and find the thing that they they enjoy the most. So we're 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 fans of it all. We're fans of it all. There's there's not much that we we have a lot of hate for around here on tabletop and beyond. So that is into the, the news. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh no, no. Uh, yeah, dovetail on that. I I was laughing out loud throughout the entire D&D movie. I I thought it, I I got my 15 bucks worth absolutely easily. I, I, you know, yeah. I, 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 don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, whatever system, uh, whatever uh, you know, Hasbro's up to, whatever. You know, at the end of the day, D and D is a you know household name now, mm-hmm. and the movie was hilarious. I thought it, I, I uh, mean, the girlfriend thoroughly enjoyed it. We we laughed our heads off with some friends for an hour and a half, and it felt like a real D and D session like it you know i mean they you know you make them plans they go sideways blah, blah, blah. yeah i i was laughing hysterically the whole time no spoilers but um yeah go see that it's good. yeah i'm
2: taking my 14 year old tomorrow i believe
0: have you seen it yet dan
2: i haven't uh okay. no i i got horn swoggled into mario with the younger son so. ah. <laughs> there you go i got a good nap it no it was cute it was fun yeah huh? It did fall.
0: <laughs> yeah, I went. I went and saw it with the family a couple, like a week and a half ago, and uh, we had a great time watching it. Like, I mean, you go into this knowing that it's not going to win an Oscar for best picture, right? Like, you just, you know, so don't have that expectation going into it, and you're going to have a great time watching this movie. And I totally agree with you. It was like easy fifteen dollars spent. I totally thought I got my money's worth. I very much enjoyed it. Um, you know, am I going to be crossing my fingers next February to see if it's going to win any awards? Not really. <laughs> and that's okay. I don't need it to. Right? It did everything I needed it to for me. So, that would um, kind of ruin that, it a little bit. It, it kind would of wouldn't, I think, you know.
1: No, so, that's why we have movies like everything everywhere all at once. Right, that movie exactly. is fan amazing. Amazing uh movie. If you've not yeah. seen that, go see go see that. It is it that movie actually re sparked um yeah you come out of that movie and you go wow movies can be cool again you know movies can be their own thing and be unique again i mean i literally walked out of the the theater and go "Uh, that that was that that made my top 10 list of all time yeah easy wow It, it knocked out oh yeah um yeah if a movie makes you think for like three days later and you're going oh <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. oh! They
1: meant the and the thing was the inverse yeah. of the. Oh my God! And it, it keeps revealing itself to you days later. Yeah. You, you That's art. That's art. That's a I'm win. Sorry. That
0: is for
2: sure a win. That's cool. Yeah. I my wife and I broke down and just because we we've determined it looks like the Hollywood COVID lull has kind of broken, and they're being able to put put out more quality stuff in a in a regular uh, clip we just did the season passes for Alamo draft house. I don't know if you guys have Alamo mm-hmm. Drafthouse. house. It's like, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, mm-hmm. we, we bought the, the 20 bucks a month per person. You can go watch one movie every day for a month. Uh, <laughs> they know they're making their money on food for you anyway. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting caught up on that, which comes to the cinema and, and getting out of the house and um, you know, I, streaming has been great. And I like the pause button cause I, I, there's plenty of things you can get done with the pause button, but at the same time, it's it, sitting in a cinema is, a, is is its own special experience that I, I I think is it has its own important
0: entertainment value. Yeah, for sure. Cool, for sure. Cool, cool, cool. Well, thank you for the news, Dan. We appreciate it. You bet. Um, a lot of a lot of good stuff coming out. Um, so let's get to our main topic, which is you, Sumro. Like you are our main topic today. So. Uh, as we talked about before, uh, we'd like to kind of get to know how you've gotten into the industry, like what you, what what challenges you've kind of faced, what you've, what you've sort of had to overcome, like you know what, like what what has um, been your experience being an artist in the RPG community, what your background is, how did how did you get into it, like all of that kind of stuff. Um, you've talked a lot about different things and and that's how our conversational podcast kind of goes already. But why don't you, why don't we start from kind of the beginning? Like you decided at one point to be an artist. You said that you were a graphic artist for like 20 years. What Mm -hmm. kind of made you want to be an artist? It was always just kind of a natural inclination. Did you kind of stumble into it? And then, you know, how did that translate into game art?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I've always been an artist, um, since I can remember, um, uh, you know, drawing monsters and, and making masks and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, I had some really crappy, fantastic, uh, wizards and dragons in ballpoint pen in my notebooks in middle school. Uh, then I hit high school and I fell into, um, this one, uh, shout out to Miss Mullen, my art teacher in high school. She went from zero to, um I could draw realistically uh in one year and that was because she taught from Betty Edwards drawing on the right side of the brain go get that book it's fantastic Mm. the science in it or the understanding of how the brain works is slightly different now it's not as we we know much more about you know how the brain works now but the the whole left brain right brain thing as a metaphor still holds up um that's how you learn how to draw go get that book um and throughout high school, I, I kept drawing and I did a lot of art over the years, um, fell into graphic design um, and I've been a graphic designer for years. I did uh, studio photography and lighting. I've been told, uh, oh, your, your art looks very, uh, the lighting in it is fantastic. I'm like, well, I did pro lighting in studio over years. Um, mm-hmm. I, paid, you know, and it does translate. You want to learn good lighting? Go check out the masters or do photography. Uh, It all applies, but um, yeah. Sorry, let me just,
0: let me just say something real quick. Um, We do a lot of miniature painting here, right? And if you follow some of the best miniature paint, painting people, they're always saying, what is the light? Like, what should the light be doing on this miniature? And it's all about the light. Like 90% of painting a miniature is about the light. And, you know, like, how's it reflecting? How's it like shining? How's it doing this? How's it doing that? And that's how, those people get to kind of next level is understanding how light should be interacting with the different things that are going on. Right. So. That's yeah. how we
1: see, I mean, lighting yep. is everything that <laughs> is going in your eyeball and um, it's true. And so um, yeah, fast forward. Uh, I was a graphic designer for several years and then around the mid 2010s ish I, um, I I kind of got into a lull and I'm like, what, what am I missing? You know, I'm like, I oh, I miss drawing and painting. And at this point mm-hmm. I've been, my career was in full swing. I was knee deep in that. Everything was going smoothly, but there was something missing. I'm like, man, I miss drawing and painting. I, there was, a, you know, I had to get my career going as a graphic designer. That's a very safe bet. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that's a whole nother topic for another <laughs> a whole nother discussion. <laughs> yeah. I got into graphic design at a very interesting time, right when lead type was disappearing and digital was taking over. So Mm. I've seen, I've seen it all Um, not to toot my own horn, but it was just a very interesting time. I've seen everything go digital and that was interesting. And now we're doing it again with all kinds of new technologies that are taking over anyway. So anyway, I, I, so I dabbled a while I played around and uh pop culture t shirts were just starting to break through and become a become a thing. And I had a weird I you know, thank my lucky stars. I I got into online pop culture t shirt scene right when it started blowing up. I I, un, I just luck of the draw, I said, you know, I need to draw, I need to get better, and then do something with my art. I found the t shirt scene. Um, which is fantastic. You can actually, as long as you have a really good funny idea, good idea, and you could draw half ass decent, um, you can get in. And you get paid royalties. And I got in at right the time, right nice. before it, it, it exploded. And um, I, I did, and my light got unplugged, and everything falls apart. <laughs> hey, everything exploded, and things happen. Uno momento. One <laughs> second. One no second, worries. Second. No worries. Speaking of lighting, fixing okay there we go hey stuff things speaking of lighting wa- yeah okay. there we go anyway. be late. <laughs> so yeah I got into the t-shirt scene and and this is early Facebook too at the same time when the algorithm there was no algorithm it was the wild west and I built a huge uh, pretty decent fan base for one guy um and did lots of t-shirts and everybody loved my stuff and i i got paid pretty good while learning to learn how to draw well Mm -hmm. so bar to entry was low if you had a good idea you could draw decent you could get a paycheck get royalties and build a fan base this worked out well t-shirt bubble popped five years later um i made my bones and then things went sideways t-shirt bubble like popped Uh, personal life was kind of on the rocks, whatever. I took a couple of years off and then I'm like, okay, well, here we are again, time to reinvent myself again. Um, This time I'm going to do no more pop culture. I want to, pop culture is too easy. If you put a TARDIS Mm -hmm. on anything, it'll sell.
0: And there's nothing (laughs) wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. I
1: love Dr. Who. I love Firefly, all the things, Mm -hmm. but there's nothing like someone coming to your booth, buying a print of a piece of art, that came whole cloth out of your brain Mm. you spent days painting drawing this thing and they go i like this this resonates with me and i see blah 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 in it personally they buy it and they walk away nothing replaces that when somebody buys a t-shirt off you with firefly serenity doctor who they're not buying you they're buying the doctor who and the serenity Mm. you were the vehicle sure but you know, and I'm just being honest here, you know, I'm just being the real deal. Um, yeah, you're you know, just derivative,
0: not, you're just derivative of, of the Firefly franchise, right? So,
1: yeah, you know, I mean, so. they're buying, yeah, somebody like, yeah, there's a billion people who can draw Batman out there, and when fans come to the con and they buy your $20 Batman print, they're buying Batman,
0: right. And, and
1: you're second and that's and then I'm not trying to wrap ego into this I try to be egoless you know I try to keep that in check you know the mm-hmm. whole Zen thing but um yeah at the end of the day so I'm like okay I'm gonna do art again and what am I gonna do I'm gonna I, I started a patreon I wasn't sure what I was gonna do it was black and white I kept it simple and I'm like I'm gonna make one piece of art a month because I've been slacking I've been doing nothing for two years I'm gonna force myself I I gamified my art my art uh, career. So this is what I did. I figured if I start a Patreon every month, I have to make a piece of art and send it out into the world. Right. That, that puts the onus on me. Deadlines are good for artists. I don't care who you are. Um, So I started doing that six months in, it was going well, switched to color, bumped, even got even better. And my theory was, um, I need to, not fall off the horse again i need to make my art my way and and rebuild my portfolio towards something and a game art i had just got into call of cthulhu DD, 5e so it all hit at the same time um so i was like okay well i was playing blackwater creek with my buddy tim he ran us through it and i'm flipping through the book uh, the core book and i'm like oh man i can do this give me a couple of years i'll do this two years later I'm in. I told, I, I told everybody at the table, give me a couple of years. I will get in. Cause I, I can do this. Just, I need the time to practice. And it was a goal. So I gamified my own work aesthetic in terms of art, uh, started a Patreon, uh, and every month people can pitch ideas, vote on them. And the number one idea goes into production. And then I have to build it. I have to make the cards, postcards. And I send these little postcards out into the ether four corners of the world and rinse repeat. So it basically forces me, it gamifies my, to keep me on track, keep me on schedule. My patrons, shout out to them, have been fantastic. They have let me rebuild my portfolio three times over, which is exactly, that's exactly what you need to do as an artist. You need to constantly be churning over, let go your old pieces, new pieces come in, and then your, your portfolio is constantly your best work, your best foot forward. And what happened was, um, yeah, I, I started doing drawings of this, that, and the other. I posted in a Google, I forget what their social media thing was, Google Plus, Google oh, Waves, Plus.
0: Yeah, G Plus.
1: G Plus. There was a, G, uh, so I started listening to, well, I went through about Blackwater Creek. I'm like, who are these guys? That was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Scott Dorwood wrote this. Oh, he's great. Oh, they have a podcast. I started listening to their good friends of Jackson Elias to learn how to play call of Cthulhu and be a better keeper, you know, and GM. Yeah. And then I'm like, man, I'm going to draw this, this, this dark young blah, blah, spoiler. Um, and I dropped it. Uh, the experience I drew my character experiencing Blackwater Creek, blah, blah, blah. And I posted it in the G plus and they go, Hey, that's awesome. You, you want our zine? I'm like, hell yeah, sure. Huh. And that, and that's huh. how the rest is the rest is history. I started doing artwork for their zine. I got invited to games. Uh, they like my art. They invited me to some playtesting. And so then I got into a couple games with Scott Dorwood and and Paul Fricker was a fan. Matt Sanderson got to know them just by submitting art to their zine. Uh, they love my work. And then we got to talking and they and then Paul Fricker, bless his heart, man. He's like, um, I have a new scenario coming out. You want to do the cover? And I'm like, uh, uh I I I, I I I i I looked at the email and then set my phone down screamed like a girl and you know i'm like uh and then i i waited a few hours because you know you want to be you don't want to be too too uh <laughs> play, play coy i play coy and- a little hard to get
2: a little hard to get keep them wanting a little more
1: I was walking my, my, my fantastic dog, uh, Ray, she's a tripod and she's everything to me. And I was walking her and I was out on the trail and I'm like screaming at my phone. This is it, you know? And I did a cover for him and it, I, I and funny story, he kept on it. British are very deadpan, even keel. Mm-hmm. And I kept on sending him versions of it. How's this? How's this? And he's all, it's all good. It's all good. And I'm like, I, I do it again and do and do more. And I'm like, How, how's it now? He's all, it's all good. I asked a, another British friend of mine, like, what does it take to get a rise out of you guys? You know, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. If they're saying it's all good, that's like American, f- f- yeah. You know, yeah, F yeah. yeah. He, he's like, no, that's British for, f- you know, F yeah. yeah. You're, you're golden. <laughs> if he's saying that, yeah. that you're in. And, and so anyway, finally... That project came out. It was very good hit. It is fantastic. Um, Go check out uh, full fathom five Paul fricker. It's in the Miskatonic uh, Miskatonic repository. It is 1800s whaling ship Cthulhu. Things go sideways. It's very well, uh, it's very well researched. And I was tickled to be on that one. It is very unique. Paul is the master of doing really mess with your head scenarios that are just unique He's very good at that. Um, Yeah, that came out. It did very well. And Mike, uh, he gave a nod and said, I'll put the good word in for you to Mike Mason. And I sent in my portfolio. At that point, I actually had full everything I needed um, to submit. I had enough pieces that I thought were good enough. And my portfolio was in a good spot. And I I sent it into Chaosium and uh, got an email pretty much straight away. And Mike says, "Um, we love your work um and uh we'll be in touch and uh yeah trivia paul fricker posed for the captain lower right hand corner and i posed for the other ones because i oh, needed did mo- i needed models you just do this in your living room you take photos <laughs> you might mo- you make your own model you know your your own models that cover um,
2: is so compelling it's if I like, can zoom in like a bit. Uh, sign me up i want to know you know there's so much mystery and story and fear and excitement in just that two-dimensional image somehow it's really really phenomenal it's really magnificent work i'm i'm glad that was a key milestone in 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 launching your uh, your game art career
1: I I was tickled to be on that one. Paul, Paul is super nice guy. And the best comment, uh, he goes, we are fans of your work. He was talking about the good friends, Jackson Elias. He goes, we're friends of your work. Um, your work has energy and life to it. And that floored me. That was like the best comment I could have received at the time. Um, you know, working on my chops, working on my, you know, trying to get better and get a portfolio together to, to, to get in, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Breathing life into an image is just, that's really where the art is. I mean, you know, we, we were going to talk a little bit about AI, right? Mm. How AI is seeping its way into, into the industry. And um, I just can't imagine a computer that could ever generate something as compelling, as interesting, fascinating, scary, and fun as that, as that cover that you produced, um, for our audio listeners, um, feel free to go to, I think we, I I pulled this up on drive through RPG for full fathom five for, um, uh, call of Cthulhu. And, and it's, it's, it's an image of how would you describe this character levitating above the water? What, what would, what would be this
1: guy's wizard? Um, Mm -hmm. Yes, he is definitely on another plane. Uh, uh, or, uh, uh, yes, a very wizened, uh, um, can't spoil it. Um,
2: yeah, so he's hovering above the deck of the ship. The water, the ocean is completely in a state of tumult that is otherworldly. And there are normal people out on the deck, pretty much freaking out um, about what they're seeing. So that's my quick, horrible audio description, somehow. Uh, of of your magnificent piece of art i just want to have the audio listeners if you're not check us out on youtube if you can't check us out on youtube go on drive through rpg look up full fathom five and you'll see what we're talking about
0: so yeah there's there's two things somehow that that stand out to me with this piece that i really really like um one is your contrasting colors that you have right but you've got that sort of um that bluish green hue that's kind of all over. And then you've got the gold on his robes that are really just standing out and the white in his beards that really just like stands out and really makes it the focus of, of the picture. And in, in conjunction with that, your lines on this thing are amazing, right? Like, so you've got like the lines of the sail, like on the right side coming down, like almost in line with his hand, the line of like looks like the bow of maybe another ship that's coming in that's kind of you know connecting that a little bit. You've got um the the um railing of the ship that divides the bottom third with the top two thirds. You've got the two pillars of water that give you your thirds like vertically. Like, I just the lines make this so 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 dynamic and I love it. Oh, the and the arms too, right? The arms form that pointing triangle that's just like look at this guy like you can't help but stare at him and it's it's horrible and amazing all at the same time
1: oh thank you yeah um shout out to my buddy buddy isaac uh, he posed for that in his garage with like a a, a, a knitted quilt
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> i'm like hey
1: i need somebody and he well, he had a killer beard at the time and i'm like hey i need somebody grizzled and i need just throw a blanket over your shoulders i need this kind of pose And I drew him a sketch and uh, yeah, he knocked it out of the park. Um, Yeah. I try to work with as much um, reference as possible. Uh, And yeah, all those lines are, are, that's all planned. Um, I I am a firm believer in, if you look at the classical paintings or anybody worth their salt, um, every element in the, the painting should have some kind of logic to it. Like what it's doing, where it's pointing, what's it do? You know, why is it there? Um, you know, once you start doing all these leading lines, to everything points to the subject, which is the Mm -hmm. guy's face, the magic, you know, or whatever's going on. Um, uh, it's kind of symmetrical. I'm not thrilled about a perfectly symmetrical piece, but this this one, I mean, Frizzetta did a lot of symmetrical stuff. Uh, it's fine, um, for what it is. If you need that, you can't beat a nice, you know, uh, uh, pyramid shaped uh composition. Uh, yeah, thank you. And shout out to uh, Matt Sanderson. Um, he is so good at layout and topography and everything. The font he chose perfectly when I saw it, when they finally sent to me the final copy of what the cover was going to with all the type on it. Um, Matt did it and he literally uh, the, the, the font echoes the knots in the rope. On all the rigging, and that floored me. I saw it immediately, and I knew, you know, that you he, he he's worth his salt. Totally, he earned his salt on that one because that was yeah. such a small detail. It ties the whole thing together. It, everything is thought out. There's no, you know, is yeah. He earned his salt on that one. That was fantastic.
0: Well, the way he curved the text too, right? The typography there. Hmm. Almost matches the curve and the magic that is also going on between, you know, this, this sorcerer's hands, you know, I'm going to call him the sorcerer, you know, so you've got kind of that bow, and it just really feels very um, um, organic together. And it's really nice. Yeah, very nice.
1: Yeah, and that was um, like kind of a kind of a different piece. Yeah, I tried to keep a limited palette on that one. I, I wasn't too comfortable doing a lot of different crazy colors at the time, and mm-hmm. it felt like keeping it kind of uh, aquas and like a kind of like a, mm, a yellow ochre kind of gold kind of thing. Um, it saved my sanity working on the thing because it kept my palette in check. It was one less thing to deal with Um uh, trying to you know knock this out of the park, and I. I it it was very well received. I could not be happier.
0: Yeah. It's awesome. So this was your first official call of Cthulhu uh, artwork that you did.
1: Um, uh, Official unofficial. It is. Yes. It actually goes through the Miskatonic repository. It is official. Um, It is not like published, like straight from chaosium, but yeah, it was my, I I was over the moon to be working with Paul Fricker, you know, the guy who wrote the mechanics for seventh edition. Yeah. Yeah and he's a good friend i i i consider him a very good friend these days and um i am happy to work with that whole crew anytime uh good friends of jackson elias Uh, they are fantastic
0: that's awesome um let's talk about some of your other work that you do let me pull up your uh your website for those who would like to follow along at home listening you can go to johnsumrow.com. That's J-O-H-N-S-U-M-R-O-W.com. And uh, let me pull it up here because it is an excellent website to go and check out some of the latest stuff that he has done. Um, so I assume these three pieces, I know that I remember this one on the left, Awake in the Bones because um shortly after I had contacted you about coming on the podcast you had put it out on Twitter saying hey what do y'all think I think it was for your patreon that you were working on or maybe it was uh yeah it, I, I just remember thinking that is very um it feels super um, runequest questy to me right and, oh nice uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if it was or if it was just your patreon but I I, I really really enjoy it it's a it's kind of a necromancer woman that's uh bringing life to a skeleton and there's like swirling green mist that's entering the skeleton it's very um uh very magic heavy i love it
1: yeah that's actually a girlfriend post for that one i was quite tickled to um a, uh have her on board and it's like you know hey um you want to you want to delve into some necromancy and she's like, yeah of course so uh yeah and i went with a yeah, it's, it's quite fun to put your 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 loved ones and your friends and everything in in the pieces. It, it's it's super fun. Yeah. The top row. That's the girlfriend on the left. That's my dog, Ray. She's a tripod. She's amazing. And awesome. my my patrons are all. hey, you should do Ray in space. I'm like, OK. And then my buddy, John Cox, uh, he does this killer Santa Claus every year. And and he's all you know, I'm like one day I'm going to make you a wizard, man. I tell you. The stars aligned this past Christmas. I'm like, you got your beard is kicking. It's bumping. I need to do a winter uh, card for my patrons. Come on over. We spent a half an hour shooting the Shinola, and um, I put a $10 shop light in front of them on a tripod. Lit oh, it. Very good. Yeah. Oh, you can do amazing things with very simple lighting. It doesn't take much. Um, we shot a couple of pictures on my phone. I had everything I needed, and then a couple of weeks later, um, that was easily one of my best received christmas cards so um and it, it's one of my uh, favorite pieces and to the uh, uh awake the bones that one was super fun kind of complicated because the lighting is weird it's like yeah. low angle and it's like not straight on lighting it's like uh the lighting is actually in the plane of a view that throws things off of course i've done that before obviously with the anyway the uh the uh-huh. The, the armor, I specifically went for like a Bronze Age uh, armor too to give it that kind of runequest questy look. So yeah, yeah, good call. Good call. Good call, Justin. Yes, that is a Bronze Age uh, piece of armor.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. Well,
2: I like this one because it reminds me of some of the best artwork we had. I know we're of sim- similar vintages. I remember being really inspired by the different RPG magazine covers that were back that were out in the day. Like on the, you know, what what was the was it Dragon Magazine? What what were the Disney. what were the main T D magazines? There's something about that composition that it's it's new and it's current, but it also it, it also has a great flavor of that kind of you know vintage RPG '80s feel that I have a deep level of nostalgia for because that's when I started gaming was back back in those days.
1: Yeah. yes you had me on vintage um yeah that's it man i, I like i said i i um i didn't play i played D D for one summer when i was a little bitty kid and then i just couldn't grok it because i was way too young but it was cool um but i distinctly remember like fiend folio all that black and white stuff uh, dragon yeah. magazine all that um i was a sucker for going to the mall and hitting the uh um you know uh uh i'm blanking on the there's a uh bookstore and i used to go check out uh, walden books in yeah, the walden, day yeah or the game
2: and stuff like that yeah yeah
1: went to old walden books and picked um, up frank Frazetta's different books uh yeah and some uh michael wieland and uh and i liked a lot of the the, the the black and white stuff and the astounding stories, amazing stories. Um, Virgil Finley is a huge influence. Love his stuff. Um, If you've never seen black and white stuff from Virgil Finley, check him out. Um, But yeah. And I've been told over the years, ah, your stuff's kind of vintage and retro and painterly. And I'm like, that's exactly the stuff I like. (laughs) So if it shows, I'm happy that it shows.
2: Good, good, good. I, I, I have a deep
0: appreciation for that. So marvelous job, marvelous job. So one of the one of the questions I have for you is um, and I think you you, I think you partially answered this already, but um, maybe things have changed a little bit um, since you started getting into sort of doing art for you and then art for gaming. Um, But the question I have for you is like if if I were, let's say, coming out of high school, I, you know, or college or something like that, like I've got an art degree or I've got a real love for art and a talent for it and things like that. And I absolutely love the gaming space. Like, what would be a good path for you know a person like that to try to break into the art space? Um, I know you said you've got your Patreon, um, which I assume it's uh, Patreon.com/JohnSumrow or what correct? Is, what is your... Yeah, yeah, okay. Patreon.com/JohnSumrow. Everybody can go check it out and and uh, sign up for these monthly amazing pieces of art that he puts out because they're ridiculously good but um yeah so so what would you like if you were to give advice to somebody who's like i I really want to try to make it in the business like what what would you tell them
1: yeah um i've had this conversation a few times and uh it it kind of gets refined each time the you kind of want to work back or backwards you want to start um do what you love and do that all the time always be finishing your next piece whatever that is and then finish another piece um, and you need to build a body of work and how do you do that? How do you, you know, wrangle all that in when there's so many, there's so many options in the world, so many different directions. So I kind of worked backwards and this is what worked for me is what do I like? Oh, I like games. I like call of Cthulhu. I like Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I like the art. I I like, I love the magic, the gathering art, you know? Um, some of it's a little too polished for me. I like a little more rough, a little more natural. Um, but it's a game. It's that's what they need, right? But the uh, so figure out what you what you like to do. That's your starting point, and then you figure out well, what are my goals? And mine were. Um, I I think I wrote three goals when I started getting, you know, uh, sort of finishing pieces, putting a portfolio together. You need you need 10 solid pieces in a portfolio. They need to be consistent and they need to be consistency is the biggest thing. So then you go, well, okay, I like this kind of company or I like this kind of product. I like this kind of work. Find out where who buys that kind of work or who publishes that kind of work. And then you connect the dots. You move forward with your portfolio, and you work backward from the endpoint, which is the goal. And mine was, man, I really like dragons. I like uh, fantasy flight board games. I like their I like Edge of, Edge, <laughs> Edge of the Empire. I like Call of Cthulhu. Oh my gosh, you're uh, singing my
2: favorite song, my friend.
1: <laughs> right. So, and I found the endpoints. These are the companies who make the things I like and I play. Um. And, and, and now my portfolio is moving forward. Always be finishing a new piece and dump, dumping your, your least favorite piece. And then over time, this is no cakewalk. This takes time. Know that, right? It's going to take time. Um, like I said, it took me three, I had to rebuild my portfolio three times over, over time to finally have a body of work that was consistent enough and sellable enough that go a company like Chaosium comes along and it goes, um, what you do that is what we buy and come on in and to find the work so that's those are two things like find the goals that you want to achieve artistically whatever they are those are the end points figure out where you're at those are the starting points and move your portfolio in that direction and things will change you might take side quests fine but always be finishing like uh it's um man uh what is it that movie it's uh um i'm blanking but it's uh what's this always
0: Out, be closing Glen Gary, Glenn ross right
1: yeah intense movie and that yeah. that i tell that people all the time always be closing or i i phrase it always be finishing the next piece yeah. if you if you have 10 pieces that aren't finished you're training yourself not to finish mm-hmm. yeah, warts and all finish the damn project or piece or whatever you're working on let it go do the next one and you'll get, you know, always be finishing. That's, that's the name of the game. Um, and I've moved glacially slow. I do, but I, when I do finish something, it's, uh, it's where I'm, I'm, happy, but yeah. So to your point, so how do you get in also? So those are two things that are happening, right? You're making goals, make them realistic, have some off the chart, but realistic goals, you need those two and then work your portfolio towards that. And in the meantime, be humble, be nice, and get your stuff um, on the internet and put it in bo- in groups like Discord, Facebook groups, wherever. Um, I can't really talk about it, but I just recently did a, uh, it's in my black and white portfolio. I did this beholder piece and I just finished it like two weeks ago. I put it in the right groups on Facebook that that love that kind of art. And the next morning I woke up, I was sitting with a girlfriend on the couch and I'm like, and I had the best morning ever when I read this email and this company who I'd love to work for said, Hey, um, we saw your beholder. You want to work on some, some stuff? And I'm like, uh, yes. Uh, um, And that's how you do it. I mean, you be, you be nice, be humble and put your art in places. Don't just shove it out there, but say, hey, this is my new piece. I'm working on this. I love this kind of art. Da, 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 da. And hopefully you get, um, you need people, if it's good, and you're nice about it, people will see it, people will share it, and you'll make friends along the way. Um, I am the biggest cheerleader of all, everyone who, who does any kind of creativity. You write, you do dance, you do, you know, sculpting. I don't care. Uh, I I will be the biggest cheerleader if you want to stick your neck out there and put something that you made into the world and take the slings and arrows and you know the head you know stuff that comes with that of just releasing something into the world knowing it's going to be criticized that's no cakewalk you know but if you do it I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader you know I, I if I cheer along a thousand more artists and they come along for the ride or whatever and become What's that to me? Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't see it as competition. Like yeah. you said previously, like the game space, um, rising tide lifts all boats, man. Okay, so there's 500 more writers. Fantastic, great. What are they writing? Cool stuff. They need art for that. Cool. You know, yeah. it doesn't hurt me at all. You know, we're there, if we make the industry better, we'll all be working. Yeah, I have no qual. I have no problem with that. You know.
0: Um, All right. So a couple questions. One, um, if I am looking to put my stuff out as an artist, um, you you know, you mentioned Facebook groups or Discord, you know, channels or something like that. Um, How effective do you think are platforms like um, DeviantArt or ArtStation or are they well used or are they just kind of a little archaic now or like is it better to go into... You know, Facebook groups where you know there's active people that you can get more comments on or interaction or like, yeah, like groups. Groups are way better. Okay.
1: Um Yeah, my my my. Uh, and wherever they they wherever people are talking, groups are good. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. pages are kind of dead. I mean, I have one, mm-hmm. but you know, the algorithm, whatever. Uh, groups are the way to go discord um i've gotten emails from uh editors art directors on i had a portfolio on art station and then they did this whole ai thing and i was kind of being salty that weekend i'm like oh, i'm gonna just delete my portfolio and i really yeah. don't have at the time i didn't really have a big presence there anyway um i probably need to get back on there and i don't know um, but, yeah, I can't really speak to DeviantArt. I had one way back in the day, but I, I'm not on there. I'm sure it's great. Um, anywhere that a conversation is going on, that's the key. Um, yeah. uh, most, I mean, even the bands that I love, I'll go into their their Discord. And, mm-hmm. I mean, if I love your damn band um, and your Discord's cool, uh, shout out to Unleash the Archers. Um, uh, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. A lot of them have like, Hey, here's your art channel and post your stuff in there. Be nice. Don't be spam. Don't be spammy. Just be a human being. That's a big one. Be a human being, be nice and post your stuff and talk to be a member of the community and talk, you know? Yeah. And, and that's
0: how I I think some of the pages that they have, right? Like DeviantArt, ArtStation, what they suffer from is terrible search engines. Right. Like there's so many people that are putting their stuff up there. You say like, oh, I'd like to see a picture of an elf in, you know, in like a wooded area. And you end up getting some just like very off the wall things like it just doesn't seem like either they're tagged very well or they pull from Mm -hmm. the descriptions very well. Or, you know, maybe people just take some art and just slap it up there and don't put any description in there. Right. And so um, it's hard to to get it and so i feel like where the discussions are it's it 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 garners more attention and ability for feedback and ability you know ability to kind of promote it just a little bit like you said don't be you know weird about it but you can still talk about it being like hey this is my thing that i did and you know hopefully you like it and you know let me know what you think kind of thing so um it can get the conversation started a little bit more
1: that way be a real human. I mean, let's yeah. be a real human, make comments, be a member of the community and, and don't be spammy. I mean, right. and build your and build your own community. I mean, I'm trying to build, uh, I have a Facebook group. That's fantastic. They're great. Um, a lot of people post creative things. It's all, you know, different types of art of all kinds that people are trying to, you know, share creative things with each other. Uh, here's a how to, here's something that's cool. Here's a new thing. on am here, blah, blah, blah. Um, I try to post like four or five to one, you know, of creative things, things I find inspiring, how to, I'll share everything that is, that gives you a boost to be creative. And then, you know, of course I'm going to come in when I finish something and I think it's ready for prime time. I'll come in and say, Hey, this is my latest piece, but I'm, I will give way more than I, than I, Mm -hmm. you know, show. Cause it, it, again, um, it, it, you need to, You need to help everyone along to do whatever they're after because that's the, you know, and it's been, uh, Aaron Miller gave me his time and you can meet your heroes and you can, you know, it comes around, you know, I don't have no problem spending time. Um, you know, I, I, if people walk up to my booth at like Genghis Khan or whatever, um, and they say, Hey, how do you, how, how do I get on your side of the table? I'll tell you exactly how to do it. And I'm yeah. like, where are you at? Where are you at? Where's your portfolio? What do you got? Right. And then da da da, and I'll tell you every. I'll tell you my path and what I did to get where I'm at. And um, your path is going to be different, but this worked for me. You know, if you got a better idea, I'll, I'll listen to you. You know, it's <laughs> like,
0: yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, though, and, and this is this is the thing is that um, I, I think the competition in different industries or 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 you know. Um, s- strata of society or whatever happens when um, people feel like they can maybe try to take a shortcut to get up to the front, you Mm -hmm. know, and someone says, Hey, you cut in line, like, you know, what are you doing type of thing? But you know, the way that you're talking about how this whole process works, you could tell them the exact path. You could draw out the map for them. The fact is, is they still got to go down and put pen to paper, or colored pencil to paper, or, you know, like, whatever it is, like, they still have to go do the work and make their own way that'll forge it ahead. You can, again, give them the map of the milestones and, you know, the way to do things, but um, they've got to do it. And so I think that that kind of helps eliminate some of the competition, because you feel like, hey, look, if you're going to make it, it's because you've probably put in the work. You know, you've done the time, you've done the effort, you've done this. And I'm happy to help, you know, happy to help consult or provide guidance or, you know, tell you how I did it. But if you if you end up making it, it's because I know you you literally did the legwork. You literally put in the time you put in the effort and you should be commended for that. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, there's no to your point. There's no shortcuts in art.
0: Right. Exactly. Uh, you know,
1: I and, and the shortcuts you think are will work. Uh, um. Um, that's, you're just preventing yourself from, from progressing, you know, mm. I, I resisted doing, everybody does this. I'm not, you know, shattering any illusions here, you know, it's like, oh, everybody like puts people's hands in their pocket, you know, cause you don't want to draw the hand, you know, everybody yeah. does that, you know, or you avoid doing hands, feet, whatever, um, for the longest time when you finally embrace it and walk into the pain, that's like a Zen thing. You should walk into the pain and right. just get it, get it over with, you know? Do the hands. And guess what? Once you start doing hands and faces and feet and stuff, um, it becomes, it, it does get easier over time. And then it gets fun. Like once you, I resisted doing people for the longest time because they're so complicated. They're so hard. Spaceships are easy. Animals, mm-hmm. more complicated. I, I just did a horse because I needed to, oh, hey, I need to practice horses. Horses are a pain in the ass. But yeah, horses are, <laughs> horses are tough. But guess it's what? It's too
0: easy to make them look like camels.
1: <laughs> if you want to do fantasy art, uh, people and horses are bread and butter. That yeah. is, uh, art directors, can you do a horse? Can you do people? Can you do you know in action? That's that's uh, that's the name of the game. So walk into the pain. Do the and once you start getting better at it, they, it becomes fun. It doesn't get easier, but it does. You you reach a certain point where. Um, It's not a chore anymore and you can say, oh, wow, I can do this now. And then the next thing you can attempt, it's still going to be hard. It's still going to be work, but the things you can aim for and achieve goes up and then your Mm -hmm. eyes get bigger and then the stuff, you know, it's a cycle and you get, you level up and now it's never easier, but the things you can aim for get bigger and you go, oh, wow, I just did this, you know. Like I put five figures in there, all in action and a horse and a blah, blah, blah. And it all worked. And then you go, okay, I can do that now. That's yeah. interesting. That's a new level. Now what can I do? And then that feeds your your excitement and your energy, you know?
0: Yeah. I found similar things in miniature painting, right? Like you right. start out, you put it on and you're just like, okay, that was pretty basic. And then you, you know, you work on your blending and you work on your edge highlighting and you work on your um contrast and your, you know light contrast and color contrast and you just kind of do these different techniques and things. And soon you get to a point where, you know, I had a friend the other day ask me to help kind of teach him how to paint. I'm like, well, you just kind of do that. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I realized I was like, that's like, I'm, I'm I'm telling him how to do like level three, level four stuff. And he's at level one, you know, and I'm like, Hmm. okay, well, you can't just do that. So let's start from the basics. You know what I mean? Because you have to go through and put in the time and, and level yourself up literally, um, as as you go through it, so um, yeah, and yeah, there's but, the,
1: the, yeah, and that is a logical progression, right? You start with mm-hmm. the beginning stuff and you level up. Um, but there is a thing to um, the second you start looking at the stuff you really want to, you know, your, your your heroes, the the level of polish or whatever, the the big time stuff that you love and gravitate toward. When you start aiming for that. Um, uh, it, it, you'd be amazed at how fast and good you get, um, when you knuckle down and really try to, and, that, and that's like a thing, right? Like, uh, there's a very long tradition in the arts, like, Hey, I really like this guy or gal or whatever. I'm going to take their best piece. I'm going to make a clone of it, mm-hmm. um, and do a study. That's what studies are all about. And then once mm-hmm. you're in, the, you're, you're in their headspace, you, you, if you try to emulate uh, how they have the, how do you need to deconstruct it? How do they do this? Do they do an underpainting? Did they, you know, what was the underpainting? Was it red? Was it brown? Was it blue? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, oh, okay. They did this, this, this. Okay. There's, you will l- learn tons doing that. And yeah. it's, it's a very tried and true tradition of emulating your, your heroes, you know?
0: Let me um, ask you uh, kind of one last question, and I don't want to get into anything too personal. So I'm not going to ask you kind of like what you charge for your stuff or what you get paid for your stuff. But if I were new into the industry, right, or let, let me put it this way. If I were writing my own RPG, I wanted to put it out on Kickstarter, right, like I need some art type of thing what like what kind of price range am i looking for artists in the in this kind of day and age like I, I know that it's probably a wide spectrum and I'm sure it depends on the type of piece that you're asking for like a cover art versus like a little figure in a you know in the ledger of a book type of thing um but is there is there any idea that you could give us like if you were looking to get art for your rpg any any kind of rule of thumb or anything like that?
1: That, that is a huge question. Um, it is, it is. <laughs> and I don't mind at all talking, you know, money numbers or anything. That doesn't bother me. Uh, in fact, people really should get over it the whole mm-hmm. being shy about money and all that. You know, it, it's part of the, it's the business. You need yeah. to talk business. As, get over it. You know, right, it's fine. Right. It's fine. The, 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 you know, the. <clears throat> I'm not going to get into conspiracy theories or anything, but the, you know, the, the higher ups don't want you talking money because that, that if you don't, that gives them power and they right. have leverage. Like why would, but as from my bottom up, uh, approach, I'm like, let's talk about this. Hey, what do you remember? And you know, who cares? I mean, mm-hmm. really it's business. It's fine. Um, yeah, the problem with your question is it's a good question. The problem is, uh, it, it, it is so wide and diverse. Like, um, And I'm talking purely, do you have one person on the cover wielding a sword or do you have an army of a thousand people on horseback? That is two different things. It's the same image. It's the same dimensions. It's eight and a half by 11 or a five. If you're doing a small, you know, half size thing or whatever. Yeah. Um, and this is my quandary. Uh, this is everyone's artist quandary. Um, so it's a, a U.S. postage stamp that's exactly an inch and a half wide by three quarters of an inch tall of a duck in a pond. That oil painting took the guy or gal how long to paint. That's an right. oil painting that's probably 12 by it's probably 12 by 16 or it's an 8 by 10 or 11 by 14. Somewhere in there, probably 12 by 16, I'm guessing um, the he- for a postage stamp the the final product it's the same size it, it's a poster stamp but guess what mm-hmm. the actual work and the size is uh, an oil painting of a good si- you know what I'm saying yeah, so yeah. um yeah uh, covers are all over the map um it depends on it it all comes down to complexity you know yeah. if somebody says sure. I just need I just need an eyeball on a shield laying in a field blah, blah 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 with a you know and whatever I mean it all comes down to yeah it's all the complexity of the piece um uh and you could probably google like what a magic the gathering card is going for these days um i've heard let's just go there i mean because that's what everybody wants to know right um i don't have any current figures i'm guessing anecdotally from what i've heard this that and the other they're probably like you know six to eight hundred wow for starters, yep. I, I think was you've been there doing them a couple of times, I think they go up to past a grand. And if you're somebody of note, it probably goes further up the, I'm guessing maybe around two grand or up. Uh, uh, best guess. I'm sure you can yeah. Google it. But um, for self-published, <clears throat> excuse me, um, for a self-published independent um, scenario or something like that, it really depends on the complexity of the piece. Um, If you just want like a landscape or something, you know, like four or $500 for a simple landscape Mm -hmm. for a, for a small time self-published cover of a, you know, scenario or something um, you start adding figures in there. Um, I usually add about a hundred bucks per figure, you know? So if you get something complex, um, it's all, it's all, and we want a ship and we want an airplane and they're fighting, <laughs> okay <laughs> it uh, and i know that's um i'm all over the map, but it literally it, i mean it, how it, it is though,
2: right? it's it's the yeah. quantity of work associated with the final yeah. outcome
1: yeah yeah is it is it black and white is it ink on paper is it literally line art well that's a different beast than a oil painting you know or a digital you know it it's yeah. there's so many variables i can't get i can't tell you um and that's the problem. Uh, but, uh, what you need to do, if you're an artist, um, just see what's out there see where you fit in the pack, where you're at and, you know, be humble and, and, but be, uh, own your work and be, you know, have people like, be proud of your work. I mean, it's a business, uh, you know, and you can wear both hats. It's okay. You know, be a business, uh, charge fairly and, uh, you know.
0: Would you say that your rates are derived more from, like, the amount of time you put in it or just the reputation you've built up or a combination of both?
1: Um, uh, uh, everybody's got their own philosophy on things. Sure. Um, yeah, for, yeah. Per, per hour and time is the worst way to, to gauge something. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, you need to keep an eye on how long a piece takes you for your mm-hmm. own, for your own sanity. You need to keep an eye on that just because if it takes too long, you're going to eat it. But, um, cause, uh, how do you quantify like, okay, I've been painting for four or five years to get to where I'm at, like specifically oh, yeah. game art. Right. Um, how do you, how do you, how do you qualify that? You know, how do you quantify that? Yep. Um, that's not about, uh, uh, um, earning money per hour is the worst way to be rich. You know, um, that's just the way it is. I mean, you're always giving your life, your time, your life for, for money. That's the worst, that's the worst equation. That's not a good equation. You're oh, better yeah. off, you're better off doing a piece. Um, the name of the game is royalties. You really need to be mm. in a space where, uh, and game art, unfortunately is not really that space, but you know, um, yeah. Um, you want to make things that come back to you and keep paying. That's the, you know, so you're, you're self-publish or die. I believe Becky Cloonan, go check her out. She's fantastic. Uh, comic book creator. Uh, her mantra is self-publish or die um, because that's that's the only way to go. I mean, if you really want to make a living, uh, 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 go make your own work and self-publish that work so that you can keep making units to mm-hmm. make a paycheck Well, you know, once I get paid for art, high five, I get the paycheck, I'm out, I'm done. That's a terrible way to live. Um, You need to be... I've 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 thought a lot about all this stuff. Um, Yeah. But I have my goals. And right now it is getting published, working with companies, see how the industry works, do good work, be in good projects, and make a name for myself. And then down the road, obviously, I'll probably work on my own projects. And that's where ultimately the real money is haha in the, the game industry. Um, I laugh because, you know, the game industry is tiny compared to other industries, but um, it's fun. It's a good industry. Uh, um, it is fantastic to be able to work on things you like playing. You know, I had this yeah. conversation at Genghis Kong with Doug uh, from free league, super cool guy. And we were talking about art and all these things. And uh, I would love to work for free league. Absolutely. But the thing is, um, it's not a good fit for where my art is uh, there. Uh, I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. fit in morkborg. I would love to work mm-hmm. on that stuff. Sure. It's not my style. And right. I take, you know, I'm not heartbroken because it's not a good fit, right? You need to find as an artist, find your fit on the titles that, you know, that you fit in the stuff you want to do, you know, a basin? gorgeous. Oh my God. Yeah. That, yeah. that, that artist, I forget yeah, right. his name. He, uh, that is a perfect match in heaven that guy's art and that that game that's it's exactly. feels so
0: folklorey. you know what i mean like the art is just so folklore
1: Water, what yeah. oh yeah watercolor and yeah. ink oh man you you had me the, the yeah. that's a, the, gorgeous
0: it's it's funny you you know you you mentioned like you know how do you quantify you know all the stuff that led up to it i was at work the other day i do communications right so i kind of manage like um no i send out sort of, you know, corporate, I do corporate communications, manage websites, that, that kind of thing every now and then. And there was a problem with a website, right? And um, I had to go in and fix it. And one of the people, you know, that I worked with said, wow, I mean, you know, it took me like five minutes to do, you know, when other people were taking like a lot longer to do it. And they said, wow, you know, the government just spent all this money for you to fix this five minute problem. And I was like, no, 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 no the government pays me, you know, cause I, I, contracted the government. I said, the government's paying me for all the years that I have learned how to do this in five minutes. You know what I mean? It's not, they're exactly. not paying me for my actual time. They're paying me for the knowledge that I have acquired over that time. And I, I can absolutely see how, like, you know, being an artist is the same way. Like, you know, it's not, it's not just your time per hour, but it's, you know, your style that you've developed. It's your creativity you've developed. It's, you know, the um, finished, Polish and products that you that you put on your stuff that they um, that people are paying for, right? It's not just your, you know. Okay, well, it's been fifteen minutes, so I'll give you X amount of dollars or whatever. Uh, it just doesn't work like that. So, yeah, it's great. But uh, Sumro, I really appreciate you coming on the on the show. We had meant to talk a little bit about AI and art. But uh, we're an hour and forty-five minutes into our uh-huh. podcast, and I think you're going to have to come back if, if you, you know, if you're so inclined. Oh, I would love uh, to. I think that that would be an awesome conversation in and of itself. Um, that we could really kind of, you said it was a black hole earlier, and I think you're probably right. We could, you know, dive into that for a while, and I think that would be a great conversation. But it was great to get to know you. Great to get to know your process. Great to see your amazing art. Like I've got pulled up on the screen right now, the, you know, the piece that you did for Cult of Cthulhu. And this is the kind of art that I like that draws me into playing call of Cthulhu. Like it's, it's vivid. It's imaginative. I mean, I'm looking at this guy that it's feeling like he just got a rush of ultimate power, which corrupts ultimately, but rocks ultimately as well, you know? So, (laughs) you know, it, uh, um, you know, and, and you are kind of the visual person and, and people, when they look for RPGs and they look for some of this stuff, the artwork is what draws them in, right? They, I, I like to say people come for the artwork and they stay for the game. So, um, you know, you should, you should definitely be pleased. We're a big fan of your work and, uh, we're super happy to have you, uh, come on the show and talk to us all
1: about it. Well, thank you. Thank you. It was my pleasure. I mean, uh, yeah, you guys want to go down the AI rabbit hole. Happy to do it. Um, uh, Justin, Dan, uh, seriously, my pleasure being here. Very good.
2: Fantastic. And you're an amazing artist. I'm a huge fan. Just getting to know your stuff and prep for this show. So uh, keep up the great work and uh, hopefully our our paths will cross again very soon, maybe in another show or at a con or, or on the, on the intertubes as it were.
1: Right,
0: right, right. Again, for our listeners out there, um, please check out uh, Sumro stuff at www.dot.john.jo.hn.su.m.r.o.w.dot.com. There, he has links to a lot of the work that he has done, as well as his Patreon, where you can get monthly um, art pieces that he will do for you. So go check him out, and uh, you know, spread the love to a a fellow creator in the hobby space here with us. So again, John, thank you so much for coming on and uh, we will catch all of you later.